be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! What's up, guys? Welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. We have a special guest on this podcast. We've actually already recorded it. Um, I had some technical difficulties on my end, so our intro did not get recorded. Uh, So when you're wondering why we get down to business right away, uh, it's because the beginning of our audio got cut out. But uh, our guest is Shane Bacon. He's the editor of uh, Yahoo's Devil Ball Golf blog. You can follow him on Twitter at Shane Bacon. Uh, We discussed a myriad of topics from the U.S. Open... Ricky Fowler, Women's U.S. Open, and a lot of other grab bag stuff near the end. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. So, all right, well, thank you for coming on. It's time to talk uh, some real golf. Obviously, this is the first thing we're going to touch on is recapping uh, what just happened in the U.S. Open. Martin Keimer, eight-shot victory. Um, It was not the most exciting weekend, and the TV ratings kind of showed that as well. I still think there's a ton to talk about. Um, let's first talk about Keimer. Um, I thought, first of all, his performance was absolutely dominant, but I also found, and our buddy Adam Starson also found it interesting, immediately after winning, he made some interesting comments about how he needed to adjust a few things to swing, to his swing, to play better there. And isn't this an exact replay from three years ago when he tried to adjust his swing to hit a ball right to left that would play better at Augusta? That brought him to yeah, the, I mean, the world. It just it's just so, I mean, it's just so weird. It, it's true. I mean, you, you say that, like you said, the minute after you win this thing, you're talking about how you need to adjust your game to win the Masters. Okay, just win the other stuff, you know? <laughs> like, he's not even in his 30s. Like, keep hitting it like this, you know, and win another U.S. Open or a British or something. He doesn't have a top ten at the Masters. He's missed, like, four cuts out of seven. So, I mean, I understand that he hasn't played well there. But, like, you're playing well right now. Like, screwing around with it. I mean, I've never understood this. Tiger's done it, obviously. It's, it just it seems like they they find a way to win something, and then it's like, okay, I could change my game to win here. When it, You know, I mean, just play like this. You're winning all these big tournaments. I mean, you obviously know what you're doing. Well, and it's not even that he just won. I mean, he obliterated the field. I mean, Tiger's kind of numbed us for for what a blowout win looks like. I mean, I mean, Tiger won the U.S. Open by 15 shots. Kimer just won it by eight. But I, I, I was thinking today's day and age, with kind of the way technology neutralizes fields in a certain way, more than it did say 14 years ago when Tiger did it. To that and how much deeper and stronger the fields are today, I, I almost think this performance. I'm not going to say beats it, but at least rivals it. I mean, there's a, there's a little bit – I mean, and that was the greatest performance of all time, what Tiger did in 2000. But it's to do that – an HR win today's day and age is incredibly significant. And Yeah, and it, I, I don't totally get how, agree. And it's not like – all right, if it was Phil and Phil had to redo his swing to win the U.S. Open, however, for whatever reason, to get the last leg of the Grand Slam, and that really would round out his career – I, and obviously the Masters is the, the 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 major that everyone wants to win, but I don't understand what his obsession with having to hit a ball, hit a ball a certain way at Augusta. I mean, so I feel like the way he yeah, plays, he, he doesn't he, he just hits his fade and lets it play. I mean, why not at least right. see how, how like, well like, he can play? Like, 
Right, like but like Bubba hits that his fate on 18 at Augusta, and he should never hit driver there in a million years, and he hits in the fairway like half the time. So it's like you know you just kind of find a way or adjust it. And yeah, I mean it, it's just you know it's just these guys. I don't know. It's just goofy and and you, like you said, like LeBron doesn't need to change his basketball game yet. You know he will in six years, but yep. right now it works pretty well. It's like you know if you do this well at something, keep to it. You know and be content at least for a little bit, and you know. Go see if you can win a British. I mean, you know, you're playing on a golf course that I think is going to play, you know, a little bit like Piner's played. So, you know, don't don't immediately after just do that. I just think it's so just, you know, it's like winning an Oscar and, and you know, saying you're not going to do movies anymore. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. It's, yeah, it's like winning an Oscar in comedy than trying to become like a drama actor. I mean, it does. It, Man, but that, people do that a lot, though. That's yeah, no, but, all these yeah exactly. Um, but I, yeah, I, I guess. It's uh, Tiger. Tiger's the changes that he made. I, I feel like he made each of those for specific reasons. Like back in '97, he won with the swing when he was across the line, and he knew he couldn't consistently compete that way. He also knew he's the most talented person on the planet, and he could train his body to swing any way he wanted to. And I think everyone would agree his swing under Bush was his, like the best golf swing maybe ever. And his knee didn't hold up, and that's kind of why. Or, uh, Actually, you know what? I don't even remember why he switched from Butch Harmon to Hank Haney, but he switched from Haney to Foley because of because of a lot of knee issues. And uh, I guess wasn't it wasn't and, it, and, and, per, and personal issues? Yeah, <laughs> I think towards the end, if you read that book, you're like, eh, now I kind of get it. Um, yeah, like okay, yeah. I mean, and yeah, Tiger's done it. You know, it's worked, whatever. But you know, it's crazy. Like not to talk about Tiger since you know that's what everybody talks about all the time, every question is always about Tiger. But, um, you know, the, the the crazy thing is, say he doesn't win another major, say he doesn't ever get back to – he's never going to get back to the level he played like in 2000, 2001 and stuff. But, like, if he gets to his C game that – you know, if his best game was his A game, if he could get to his C game, but he doesn't win another major, you know, you're talking about, like, not only one of the best athletes ever, but, like, one of the biggest disappointments ever, you know. I mean, the, yeah. the fact that – I mean, if you would have pulled 100 golf fans in 08, I mean, you would have said, how many more is he going to win? They probably would have said 10 more, you know. I mean, honestly, I was. I mean, yeah. he won that thing against Rocco. I was like, this guy could win every major now, you know. And, and uh, it's just crazy because, you know, it's just it's insane to think. I mean, I think, it's, I think it was like on Friday or whatever, or on Sunday, I think that was like exactly six years, you know. It's just, it's crazy because, yeah, you know, like he had this amazing swing and he was so good, blah, blah, blah. But, like, when he when he's – when we look back on it, and if in 10 years he never wins another one, you know, it's going to be pretty crazy to think the way he started and the way he ended. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, he won a U.S. Open on a broken leg. I feel like that, that doesn't get the full credit that it deserves. He went 91 holes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's just amazing that that yeah, you watch, yeah, That's exactly right. You watch the World Cup and these guys get nicked on the knee <laughs> and they're down for like 20 minutes. And then Tiger's like – Tiger's like limping out of these bunkers and barely put your weight down on. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. It, it was. I mean, and it, it, it's crazy to think like he does that and he, and you know, I mean, he, so he wasn't even healthy then. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just a yeah. bummer. I mean, injuries obviously make sports suck more. You know, when Penny Hardaway or Grant Hill or people like that, you know, have these injuries and never are the same. But um, you know, it's just kind of, it's kind of nuts that like not only the the best golfer in the world, but probably the most popular athlete in the world it is is going through, like, like legitimately, like, six years of injury, you know, and, like, yeah. the prime of his career. Like, 
it's just nuts, and it's just kind of it's going to go down. I mean, you know, like I said, if he doesn't get to eighteen or if he doesn't get fifteen, it's going to be, you know, when we're reading Tiger Woods books or when our kids are reading them, you know, it's going to be a big part of it. It's pretty crazy. I mean, it's just you you just can't fathom him going six years. I don't I don't think I never thought it in the first place. Yeah, it's just it's a hard story to tell. You're right. It just doesn't really add up. It's hard to really make sense of it to try to tell someone that didn't live in the era, you know, how this all right. all happened. And the thing is, after he came back the knee injury in '08. He was good in '09. It was on, it was the scandal that undid him. Like he was, yeah, he, yeah, you're right. It was actually Y.E. Yang that undid him. But um, I mean, he, he yeah, had it was the Y.E. Yang downfall. <laughs> he's going to just hate Y.E. Yang for the rest of his life. He's going to keep trying to get Y.E. Yang in the President's Cup and stuff play against him. But it's your fault. That stupid hybrid he over a tree. But I still oh, don't God. understand how it happened. It was right behind a tree, and he hit a that hybrid. Was... The best shot in the world. That was one of the best shots under pressure. It, it's like, if Tiger would have hit that shot under pressure, no one would have stopped talking about it ever. But why he oh, did it. Absolutely. <laughs> ruined, the, ruined everyone Sunday. <laughs> yeah, everybody just was going, wait, this is really going to happen. I mean, you know, it, it was inevitable, but uh, it's still I, pretty actually, crazy, you know, to think I that. Read, yeah, I read something that during the back nine, when Y.E. Yang was either tied or had the lead in the 09 PGA, bookmakers still had him listed at 10 to 1. Like, that's how good Tiger was in the final round. Like, you could, they couldn't get enough <laughs> right, money. Right. They were still taking so much money on Tiger Woods, on the team on the back nine with Y.E. Yank leading. But uh, I, I think I, I have no – I'm watching the, the 2013 British Opens on my TV right now, and you, you forget how he's been close to winning majors in the last couple Right, years. yeah, yeah, for he, sure, yeah. I have no doubt he's going to be back. He'll be he'll – be, once he's healthy, he's going to be – Competing, I I think he at least wins another major. I'm not in the camp that he's not going to win one more, but I don't I don't see five. I mean, you think about five majors is Phil Mickelson's career, and you're going to tell me that Tiger's right. going to win five five of five more of those after the age of 38? I, you couldn't convince me on that. But yeah, I, I and I totally agree. You know, it, it's it yeah, it, like it's a good point. I mean, you know, you 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 just think that. Once he wins one, he can win five. But right. even if he wins one, it's not like the it's not like the gates are going to open. You know, he's not. These courses are too tough, and you know these guys are so good. I mean, every like climber, at the British Open, Dustin could do that, or Spieth could do it, or you know Rose could do it. I mean, I feel like there's like 50 guys on tour that at any given tournament could go out there and blow the field away. You know, I mean Bubba did. Well, Bubba won by three at the Masters. You know, I mean three is a pretty big. Margin of oh, victory, you know, absolutely. you think about it. Um, yeah, so a I have a question era. for you. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I have a question for you, and it's kind of it kind of changes it, but since we're kind of like before the, the Women's U.S. Open, because I was talking to my dad today, and I, I said, you know, I'm legitimately excited to watch the Women's U.S. Open because it's on Pinehurst. Mm-hmm. And I want to know if that's like, you know, just like a, an individual view that like, or is like other golf fans, do you think, the fact that they're playing the same course we just watched, do you think that that plays into, like, a, a sports fan's mind to, like, see it again and kind of a different group of kind of people playing it? Um, I wouldn't say a sports fan's mind, a golfer's mind, yeah. I don't think I don't think that they're going to help draw casual fans into the Women's U.S. Open by playing it at Pinehurst, too. If it was something like, if they were Pebble going back-to-back, I would, I would think so, just because more people are familiar with Pebble and I, I don't know about it. I still, I bridges kind of into what I want to talk about with Pinehurst, but I, I, as someone that kind of appreciates really old courses and the natural look that Pinehurst had, I, I felt like 
the broadcast didn't do a great job of helping me visualize the hole. Like, it kind of looked like I was seeing the same hole over and over again without really having a true appreciation for, you know, how, how the holes were laid out next to each other and how they uh, elevation changes. And I just couldn't really picture the shots they were trying to play. Maybe it's just that I haven't played Pinehurst or really experienced it. But um, what, what did you think? Because that's of, a big part of it. I mean, that's a big part of that golf course is, is what you're saying is, is the – I mean, I, like when I think of Pinehurst in my head, I, I mean, I played it uh, three or four years ago. You know, my, you know, that's what I see is kind of what you're saying is like the cut through the trees and, you know, on five hitting the tee shot, you know, for me down the, down the right side and let it cut. You know, it's, that's kind of the beauty of Pinehurst. So, yeah, I mean, if you miss that for the telecast, that sucks because that's like one of the best parts of the whole thing. Right. I mean, I, I, and, you know, I mean, I've, I've been there, so I kind of know what it looks like. So maybe I think like I know kind of what six looks like and eight and nine. But, like, yeah, I mean, if you've never been there, yeah, I mean, if, if that's if you, if you didn't see it, yeah, that would be a bummer because that's to me like the beauty. I mean, you always see, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine at Pebble. Like you see views of it from different angles. I mean, they make sure that that you really get the feel of what those things look like. Yeah, you get to appreciate the landscape. And I mean, granted, I probably, I mean, I think you and I are in the in the as far as people that pay attention to the game, like appreciate the nuances a lot more than say what the target market is. I guess when they're trying to pull in viewership numbers. Um, but I'm, I, as someone, I don't watch a ton of women's golf. I do enjoy it when I do watch, and, but I'm going to be tuned in at least for some of this weekend just because I want to see how the women play this course. And the fact that they're, they're playing, you know, courses that the men play, I mean, I'm very intrigued to see how they play it, you know, differently than the guys do. I think the way women play the game, guys can learn a ton from, like a ton from. I think they, they Absolutely. play it. And, and, and regular yeah. golfers, it, like, Regular golfers don't ever need to read an article about how Dustin Johnson swings. I mean, right. no, you're not. It's never happening. Trust me. Like you're not going to get. You're not at 48 years old going to get swing speed that's 128. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, I mean, I just feel like more people can. What you're saying is 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 watch the LPGA and see how they play golf. See how they got the ball around. Granted, they're way better than everybody that's listening or plays in golf. But, um, you know, in the sense of like distances and and, and trajectories and stuff like that. You know, you you can get a feel for the way Stacey Lewis plays golf. You know, if you were a forty five year old male golfer, you know, it's like mm-hmm. I mean, you you know, you're probably you're probably not gonna hit it as far as they do, but at least you can understand. Like, you know, I mean, that's one of the things. Like, I caddied for I've, I've caddied on the LPGA tour for probably four, five, six tournaments um, for a couple of friends of mine, and the the two. I mean, it it being there made me a fan. I mean, simply because I think that they're. Uh, you know, they're not as big as superstars. So I think the way they, they not only handle life, but handle fans, pro-am, stuff like that, I think they're night and day between the way the PGA Tour guys do. But um, I was just amazed at how good they were. I mean, it, it absolutely amazed me. Like, some girl you've never heard of, and she hits every drive down the middle of the fairway and hits these irons, like, close. You know, and, you're, you, just, you, know, and you, you know, I mean, I'm not an idiot. I, I understand that, that the, LPA, the best professional women golfers in the world are going to be good. But I think when you actually get get out there, kind of watch it, like you know, you know, firsthand or, or you know, in person, I think it helps kind of understand just how talented they are. You know, I mean, that's and it's it's cool to see because you know, I mean, what's the winning score going to be this week? Could it be five under? Could it be two over? Who knows? But you know, playing that golf course, just, even from a couple tees up, I mean, it's going to play very similar to how the men played it, and mm-hmm. they're going to be able to get the ball around, you know, in sixty six or sixty seven. It's just. It, it, it's fun to, and I, I've become more and more of an LPGA fan, uh, not just from work, but just kind of like you said, tuned it in or whatever. And I think this has been probably the best year ever for them, um, and it's helped a little bit 
really, if it's kind of helped with Tiger being gone, with the majors not be, really being that exciting, you know, I mean, like this week, if the if it's close, you know, golf fans might tune into this more than they would Morgan Kimer being up by eight, you know. Just very true, very true. I think, I mean, it may be stating the obvious here, but, like, I don't enjoy watching women's basketball because, I mean, I was a high school basketball player, and I feel like I honestly could compete out there. But the women golfers, I could not compete with. I mean, I'm, I'm a, like a two-handicap myself, but they would absolutely wipe the floor with me. And the yeah, fact that they, absolutely, like said, they are always in the fairway, and they just make it look so easy with a middle iron. Like, it's no it's no big deal. Even, like, up to their hybrids, they make it look like it's no big deal to just put the ball in the center of the green from – you know, 190 for them is probably equivalent to maybe 240 for a tour, a, a male tour pro. Um, but it, they, the fact that they make it look so easy, I feel like PGA Tour guys play it at such a length that nothing really looks easy. I don't think it ever looks easy. But the women, the way they play the game, I feel like just make it look so much more simple. You don't need to swing a million miles an hour. You don't need to crush drive. You just need to play play to your spots and, and be consistent. That's what I'm so impressed with. Yeah, well, yeah, and it's 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 kind of funny because uh, you, you know every time um, you know a U.S. Open plays somewhere or you know whatever, and, and there's a short par three that plays tough, kind of like nine did at, at, at Pinehurst. Nine didn't play super tough, but played tough enough. You know, we saw mm-hmm. some guys make some big numbers. I always you always see you know golf people and golf media people and stuff say something to the effect of you know a long it's not you no know, distance doesn't make it tough. It's it's it, you know it's a good hole could be 150 yards and be, you know, a great hole. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see it at Pebble, we see it at Augusta, you know. And it's funny because we stretch these U.S. Opens out for, for the men. I mean, you know, we've played 74, I think, and change. And the women's going to be like 68 and change or, or something. And, I mean, yeah, they're longer. But, you know, some of the shorter holes, I mean, that's the best hole to Pinehurst. And it doesn't have to be a really long golf hole for it to be to make the course difficult. You know, that that's why sometimes I think it's goofy that these courses do all this stuff. And you're like, like my hometown – golf course in Marshall in East Texas, it's a short, short golf course. But when they have tournaments there, when they have guys come in for big stuff, you know, they just get the rough up, you know, you know, make the greens pretty slick and you can make it tough that way. And I, and I just, I hate sometimes that we have to make every par four or 500 yards. You know, it's like, it, it yeah. just doesn't seem like it really, if nothing else, it just, it just makes you want to hit driver harder. <laughs> it's like, yep. get it down there a little bit. First. But well, it, it, it's, it, it's going to be cool too. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited about this week for sure. I mean, I, I I'm kind of with you. It'll be, I think it'll be. I think if if, if like golf people watch, you know, it's it's cool. And I was going to tell you the one funny thing about LPJ players. Well, not all the players, but one of my friends that I can, um, you know, you're we saying they're always in the fairway. So mm-hmm. she missed the fairway, and we were in at Royal Melbourne, and she she missed the fairway, and the ball was like, it was just up against the bush, kind of, but not really, like, that bad. And she's, like, I'm. she told me she's going to take it unplayable. And, I mean, I hit the ball everywhere. I mean, that's, I mean <laughs> I'm not straight at all. No and, I mean, I will hit – oh, yeah, I mean, I will hit any goofy shot to get out of trouble up by the green or something. And uh, I hit driver off the deck a lot. That, by the way, that's the best shot that amateurs need to play. You always have to hit driver off the deck if you're in trouble. It stays low even if you hit it bad. But um, the – she was taking a playable. I'm like, just punch it out. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's just funny. They, they, they hit so many fairways that I feel like when they get into any trouble, I mean, well, not all of them, but some of them, you know, it, it just was funny to me that, that me and you would know exactly what to do, you know, because we miss fairways, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and we miss fairways at a consistent clip, but it was just crazy. You know, it, it was such a, such an errant tee shot that it was a, 
a shock in the system almost to like, you know, what in the hell you're supposed to do. That is, uh, that is crazy. I mean, I feel like this week the, the fairways played pretty wide. I mean, the, a lot, the guys were hitting a lot of fairways this week. Are the women going to be hitting the, in the native area at all? I mean, yeah, obviously there's going to be some balls there, but I feel like, uh, first of all, the native area we can talk about, I don't feel like was that punishing to begin with. And I like, kind of liked how that played, but I feel like the women are going to be in the, in these fairways the entire week. A lot. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I could see that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, you know, I mean, it is like the native area idea it is, I mean, is it, is it better for golf? Cause these guys can hit shots even when they miss fairways. Maybe, maybe I agree with that. And obviously the players like it cause the rough wasn't five long. Right. But like, I don't understand. Like if you're at a U.S. open and you miss a fairway, I feel like you should be penalized at least a little bit. And I mean, nine out of 10, 19 out of 20 lies. These guys were hitting golf shots out of and like, hitting good shots, like Kymer made that eagle on Saturday. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, he was in the native area hitting, like, a 20-yard draw, you know. It was like – and he hit a perfect shot. I just – I didn't think, like – I just almost felt like it was it was a luck game for the guys, you know. Like, like roll the die, you might you might hit it in a bad lie, but probably not. So just hit driver on every hole, you know. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I guess uh, Jeff Shackelford tweeted this. I don't – I've never heard of this stat before. Do you understand the stat cost of rough? No. Yeah, I don't either. But he, so he's, whatever this stat means, cost of rough in the 99 U.S. Open was .303. In the 05 U.S. Open, it was .368. And the 14 U.S. Open was .301. So I guess it played somewhat, I don't know, again, I don't know how that stat is calculated, but his point was it's, the rough was playing similar from a penalty standpoint um, to the previous two U.S. Opens at Pinehurst. I think if they, could do it over again, or I think the USG with Jay was hoping that it would have played uh, a little bit more up and down than it did. I think the guys weren't really afraid to hit it in that section, which kind of which makes Bubba Watson's strategy even that much more confusing. But we don't need to talk about that. Right? Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I thought the same thing. I was looking at some stuff today. I do like a winners losers thing, and I was kind of like trying to find some quotes from him. Yeah, like why would he not hit driver in every hole? I feel like, like he was just – that was his way of whining before the tournament even started. I feel like he was defeated so before he even cheated up. But um, I, I, I really – I really totally – it's so funny you brought that up. I seriously looked at that today, and I was like, this really doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, it, yeah. like every that court should have played in his hole. hand. That should have played right in his hand. He should have just been bombing the ball down there. Yeah. yeah. Hitting I mean, eight I mean, in the green. Yeah. He hits recovery shots all the time. Right. He comes in so steep. That sand stuff's not going to matter. Yeah. Oh, I mean, no. I don't know. I mean, does Ted Scott just say okay? <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine, man. Just, you hit a four iron on every hole. That's fine. I just, you know, I just, I just, you're right. It's super confusing. That was really confusing. That was, a, I mean, every guy in the field, think about watching the last two days. I mean, yeah. I'm going to drive all the time. He hit iron on like one, um, like 13. It was like, yeah, you know. He hit driver on 18, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he did on, on yeah. Yeah, because he hit in the trash and shipped out or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, it, Weird. Bubba, it had to be Ted Scott's idea to do that. Knowing Bubba, he would definitely point the point the uh, point the arrow in Ted Scott's direction on that one. But um, <laughs> what did you what did you think about? I mean, I guess everyone's kind of talking about thanks to Donald Trump giving us his expert opinion on how a golf course should look. The the brown nature, and again we got we got a question. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have the gentleman who sent in the question, but the question was 
do you do you think enough people appreciate you know kind of the natural look of a course to cope with you know looking I guess from an, from a casual fan viewpoint you could say the course looked ugly on TV you know if you're not if you don't appreciate those kind of things like do you think and I commend the USGA for the setup and the, the appearance and the way it looked but do you think that hurt them I guess in in the ratings and kind of the way the tournament played and you know. I don't think so. I really, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just biased here. Maybe I have a bad, maybe I'm like the bad person to ask because I love Lynx golf and I love when it's like that. But like, it seems strange to me that like that, that, that people would not tune in because the course wasn't lush and green. You know, like yeah. if you're going to watch, you know, I mean, like, you know, U.S. Opens are tough and they're meant to be a tough test. And if like the fairways are dried out on the sides where they're rolling into the rough, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving casual people too much credit, but like I, I just think like ratings. I mean, to me, ratings are down when it's not interesting. You know, like that's the, that's my whole thing. Like, yeah, I like the rate like the Masters. Like the Masters ratings are down because it wasn't a good back nine at all. Like it was like Bubba made one birdie and it was a two putt. Like it was really really boring. Like nobody made any birdies. Nobody hit any shots. Bubba had a three-shot lead. He kind of waltzed to victory. There was no excitement at all. You know, there wasn't even like a random like Ted Purdy hole-in-one or something. I mean, you know, it's like there was nothing. And so, you know, to me, that's why nobody watches. It's not, I mean, yeah, ratings are going to be down because Tiger's not there. But if Bubba and Phil were battling on Sunday at the Masters, like people are going to watch that. You know, I mean, yeah. if, it's, if it's a one-shot leader, if they're tied, like, like the ratings aren't going to be that much worse than a Tiger U.S. Open or a Tiger Masters. But, you know, when the guy has an eight-shot lead and – I, mean, I was talking to Stephanie Way about this yesterday, and we were kind of disagreeing. But I was just said, you know, I like I. I mean, I just think people don't like, like to see Martin Keimer as you know. I mean, basically as a as a guy that they there's not a lot of connection with for the casual fan. No offense to Martin Keimer, it's not his fault. He doesn't, you know, it's, he's just playing golf and being himself. But um, and 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 you know, Rory is a guy we connect with because he's super young. He's the next in line. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the anointed one by us, if nobody else. But, you know, you want to see those guys, you know, you want to see, well, you want to see, you know, a, a new superstar like Kevin Durant, you know, score 50 in a playoff game, you know, right after you win MVP, you know, because we think he might be historical for some weird reason. That's how I feel like our brains work, you know. I agree completely. That's why I feel like if Spieth had won this by eight shots, the the hype machine would have been absolutely out of control, you know. I, well, I feel but, like but people would have won a young American oh, yeah. kid. I mean, you know. No like, doubt. He, he would he would have blown. I mean, it wouldn't have been Rory ratings probably, but it might have been. You know, it probably was not going to catch a good one, but you know, as blowouts go, right? Like I I agree with you, and 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 there's it's nothing. There's again, it's no there's no knock or anything to what Keimer did or who Keimer is. I think the guy's awesome. I think he did a really good job the whole week of just kind of like handling it and answering honest questions. I mean, I think he's way better at that than, than people probably even know, and I think he showed that. But like, you know, I mean, my dad watches every golf tournament and he told me that he was like switching between it and soccer you know and my dad's a huge golf fan so i mean you right. know you understand i mean it's not that exciting there's there's other, and you know these ratings are gonna be down too because there's the biggest soccer tournament in the world on tv you know like <laughs> yeah. if you're like i'm gonna watch this or i'm gonna watch soccer you're like yeah i mean I, I mean i'll at least go tune it in and see what it's like you know i mean even if you don't care about the world cup yeah and look i hate i actually hate talking about tv ratings it's like, I don't work in the TV. Me too. Whether, whether or not anyone, like one, whether I'm the only one that watched it or if the entire world watched it, 
I enjoy a tournament the same regardless. And I don't like, like I said, I'm not an advertiser. I don't work on the networks. The ratings should only matter to those people. But I just felt like the, the ratings were ex- extremely low. I mean, it, I was actually right. shocked how low they were. But a lot of people don't like to watch a death march. I mean, it, and it was a it was an absolute blowout. I wanted to watch it because of that, and I I'm starting to develop a man crush on Connor. I mean. I think he's an, I, I think he's an extremely classy guy. I love the way he approaches the game, approaches uh, the media, and he has just. I thought he didn't get a real, real fair shake. I wrote about this in our recap I, by the American fans. There was I, it only takes a couple of hooligans to really kind of ruin it, and they are audible on TV. But the people rooting for his ball to roll off the green and uh, just giving a couple cheers whenever he missed a putt. It's like it's not the Ryder Cup. I don't even really condone it that much. The Ryder Cup, um, and he, he he actually handled it with class. He said the fans were great, but I thought he deserved a lot better than that. Um, yeah, I, guess, I mean, I, I, it's it's hard for me to. I mean, see, my, my thing about that is like, I mean, that like, I, are you like, are you surprised? Like, because I, I mean, that doesn't surprise me in the least that 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 you that people would be, yeah, you know, like you. I feel like you see that any time it's it's anything like that. You know, if if, if if, if Bob May has a putt and misses and people cheer because they're Tiger fans, you know, it's like, I feel like that happens at everything. And and, and it doesn't surprise me. You know, you actually kind of have to give Timer credit for making a couple birdies on the back nine, you know, yeah. on Sunday. I mean, if you hadn't done that, it would have it would have been the Bubba thing. You know, it would have been just a whole bunch of bars. Um, you know, he made a couple of putts and hit a couple of good shots. It's just, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, people are idiots that they are cheering this guy. But to me, like, I expect that kind of stuff these days. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, when guys scream after tee shots, like, yeah, these people are ridiculous. But, you know, I mean, I mean, unless you kick them out, it's probably not going to change, you know. So, no. Um, it is funny, though. You know, it's funny with individual sports. Like, okay, when the Heat play the Spurs and the Heat do something, Spurs fans are just like booing and yelling yeah. and, you know, calling names and holding up signs. You know, but it's funny, like, when it's into, and it's not, I mean, it doesn't even phase people, right? But I always think it's funny, like, with individual tennis, I mean, I do tennis, I do golf. You know, if, if people are, like, if fans are, like, mean on court, like, people get really offended by it. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy. And I guess it's probably just because it's an individual and you feel bad for the person as opposed to seeing it like a team. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's definitely interesting to think, like, you know, we don't have any connection with Martin Keimer at all, right? But right. you don't you feel bad if he gets food. I mean, on his way to winning a million dollars. It's like, oh man, I feel bad for that guy. It's just life's just way better now, you know. It's like <laughs> it is kind of funny that you know and and if, if it was a if and if it, if you would have had the option of Martin Keimer win by eight or Martin Keimer team to win by one over Fowler, like you're probably gonna pick the one by one, which means that Keimer would have had to screw up. You know, so in essence, like, we're all kind of rooting for him to screw up just because he yeah. might be a little bit more interesting. <laughs> That's what I, I said that on Sunday. I said, anyone you see on Twitter saying, I, I'm just hoping it's exciting. They're really saying, I hope Keimer just starts melting down and makes this thing interesting. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, said, I, was, I, I openly said it. Definitely, you know. I mean, I, yeah. I was hoping that Ricky Fowler would birdie one and two and Keimer would make a bogey and it'd be, a you know, a three-shot deal and we could talk about Ricky Fowler for four hours, you know. But, you know, that didn't happen. Okay, so – you talk okay, so one are you a you're you're a Dustin guy, you're a Ricky guy. Do you think Ricky doesn't get a fair shake? Is that right? Say that again, I'm sorry. Okay, so you, I feel like there's one young guy that you feel like doesn't get a fair shake, like Ricky or or I think I think it's Ricky, right? Yeah, I think Ricky um uh, Ricky Ricky's got a ton of fans and he gets marketed as 
by the PGA Tour, by Puma, and by the fact that he has a ton of fans, he gets marketed as a superstar. And for right. that, I think he kind of catches some heat from people that point to only the one win, right? And then he gets right. kind of painted as all style and no substance, which I don't think is fair. I, I think that... I think he's got, he doesn't want a lot. And this is actually a perfect transition to what I want to talk about next. And I feel like Tiger has kind of screwed up or skewed the way people view winning on the PGA Tour. Um, and he may, and still to that matter, and some of the guys that have won so much, they make it look like it's not that, Yeah, it's yeah not like when, that, when VJ won like 10 times in one season, yeah. Big a deal to win multiple tournaments. Even somebody like Jimmy Walker or Patrick Reed in last year, each won three tournaments, like, make it look like it's not that big a deal to win tournaments, but it's, 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 I'm stating the obvious here, but it's so hard to win a PGA Tour. Like, it's really, really hard. And you look at Fowler's tournament this week. I mean, one guy beat him. Yeah, he lost by right. – that guy beat him by eight, but he beat 153 other players or 54 other players tied with, with Compton, and he got beat by one guy. And I, I feel like that is more of a measure of – somebody's performance than, you know, the fact, oh, he didn't win, and, oh, runner-up. You know, no one's going to remember who the right. runner-up oh, in the I, U.S. Oh, I, okay, so, yeah, yeah, okay. So I'm, I get your point, and I – and this is kind of something I preach as well because it's, it's the same argument I have with people that say – when I say that was a good putt on Twitter and they didn't make it, and yep. people go, eh, it's not a good putt if it didn't go in, and I'm like, no, nope. that's a really good putt. It just either – didn't break as much as he thought, or, you know, he, it maybe it wasn't his best read, but he hit a really good putt. You know, he hit him mm-hmm. right where he wanted to, and it rolled the lip to have gone in. And that's, like, the same thing. as It's like, like, I said something about Jason Day. I, I tweeted out something on Sunday. I said, you know, if you're going to buy stock and somebody to win the next major, I think Jay, you don't have to look past Jason Day. You know, he's, yep. he's played – I mean, he's played in 15 majors, and he's finished in the top ten seven times. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. That's like Mickelson stuff, you know, when Mickelson used to do that all the time. So, and, and like you said, and, and of course I have people that say, he's not a closer, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, yeah, hey, well, he hasn't yet. You know, right. he hasn't closed yet. Or he hasn't got the break yet. I mean, you know, there's a lot of major winners, um, Jeff Ogilvie, that have won majors because the other guy screwed up and he didn't. Or he he just maintained and somebody, you know, gave it to him. Like, that happens a lot too. And you know what? Jeff Ogilvie's a major winner if you were like, well, you know, can Jeff win majors? Everybody would answer yes. 100% would answer yes. When, in actuality, he's never really been in that position to close the major championship out. He just played well the last day, made a putt on 18, and then just let Bill and Colin Montgomery hit, hit, hit each other's ball. You know, it's like, yeah. the, it's, that, it's funny. So that's something I always, I always look at that with this stuff like, like when Bubba has a three-shot lead, on going into Sunday, and, and you know, at a major, the, when, the next time he does it, or if he has a two-shot lead, and you go, you know, yeah, Bubba's won a major before, but he wasn't leading going into that, you know, and he, he had to play well, just like Duffner, like the next time Duffner's in that position. I mean, Duffner was losing by three to Furyk on the last day. His mentality is to make birdies. You know, Furyk's trying to hold on to the steering wheel. So, you know, to me, it's like you have to look sometimes past that stuff, and I agree with you on the wins. We look at wins a lot as, as the end-all, be-all, and, I mean, if you hear watch, like, part of the interruption or something, they only care about wins, only care about wins. But, yeah, like, finishing top five at a PGA Tour event is really amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it, – uh, it, so just think about, like, if, if Martin Keimer hurt his wrist before the U.S. Open and withdrew, like, if Martin Keimer wasn't in the field this week, which could happen. I mean, like, stuff like that happens all the time. Or if Keimer wasn't feeling real well this week or something like that, 
Because like something that's completely out of Fowler's control stopped him from winning the U.S. Open. Yeah, he could have shot nine shots lower if you want to make that argument. But it's like you you don't you look at a leaderboard and it, it they're they're all just numbers up there and you forget the effort that kind of went into getting there. You know, and it right. a lot of people are saying you know no one really made a run at Keimer. It's like no one really makes runs in U.S. Open. You know, like you you survive. Right. Yeah, Keimer, absolutely. That's, that's Keimer just right. Made it looks high. Yeah, totally. Totally agree. But I, you know, it's, it's, it's like the Tiger thing when people are like, Tigers never come back to win a major. And you're like, you know, not a lot of people have. I mean, it doesn't, you know, guys don't start five back in majors and shoot 65 on the final day very often. You know, like no. Phil did it last year at the British, shot 66. I mean, that's like a rarity. You know, it's like oh, super rare. You know, like it's the Miller thing. Yeah, Johnny Miller talks about a 63 a lot, but it's probably one of the most amazing golf rounds ever played. So you're yeah. like, yeah, you know, like, I kind of get it. I would probably still be talking about it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I, I still I talk about my – whenever I shoot 73, I'll talk about that for a, a year later. But I, Absolutely. I, 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 I have scorecards I kept when I when I shoot 68. You know, it's, like, yeah. it's like that's I'm, – I'm talking about it in a sense. I, yeah, I'll bring it back to the LeBron comment made earlier. LeBron got painted as this guy that couldn't close in the fourth quarter. That all of a sudden became more important than him playing 46 great minutes, you know? And you, you forget about the games where he was so good that no one could get near him at the end of the game. Like, how, why is he punished for that? That doesn't mean he's not clutch. That means he's extremely clutch. It's just like, people look way too much at, you know, stuff right at the end. And, you know, people kept saying, oh, look what Keimer did in the Players' Championship. This thing isn't over. It was like a... That was never in doubt, but uh, I, yeah, I know it was that thing was over before it started. Yeah. I, I said, I said, I think I honestly thought it was over on Friday afternoon. Like, did I yep. think that he could lose? Absolutely, but I mean, if I went back and looked at the way I was thinking and and, and playing out stuff, like that was the day. I mean, it, I mean, when he shoots sixty five, sixty five, Fowler said it. I mean, Fowler said he played a different golf tournament. And I thought that was a good comment. I mean, it, and it was a true comment, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I heard somebody, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about NBA, and they're talking about LeBron and Durant. And, you know, they said, you know, these people, right when the season over or whatever, they go, well, what happened to the Heat? What happened to the Thunder? And you go, you know, they finished second, third. I mean, they didn't win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's how we count stuff. But, like, of all the teams in the NBA, their teams finished second and third. You know, it's like they're pretty good, you know. And, I mean, and, and it's fine. I understand if you want to get, get, on, get on a team if they lose. But, yeah, I mean, I think golf's a little bit different. I mean, golf, you have to beat every player. You know, you yeah. meet every guy. So like, exactly. Like you said, it's a good You beat 154 of the best players in the entire world, and one guy beats you, that's pretty good. You know, that's, yeah, that's, that's you, you play your week. That's not losing. Like, that is an extremely good week. That's, that's my entire point. Right. It's like, you, with you play, suit up that many guys and that many good players, to beat almost all, beat all of them but one is an extremely good result. And we kind of, we had an inter- internal argument between us no laying up guys um, about Matt Kuchar in that regard. And uh, our, uh, Tron and Phil, our guys, they, they think that Kuchar kind of doesn't take enough, doesn't get enough heat for not winning as much. And this was, we had this argument before he won the, the Heritage. You know, he had several close okay. calls in a row uh, leading up to the Heritage. And my, my point was it's better, they pointed at his top ten at, compared to the amount of wins he had as an indictment. And more and I said right. if you can have fifteen top tens and five wins, that's better that's a ton better than ten top tens and five wins. Being close and not winning is way better 
than, you know, not being in the mix or missing the cut. And I'm not saying right. that from a money standpoint. I'm saying from a performance standpoint. I mean, it, it kind of goes along with the, the Rory. You know, when Rory is backdooring all these top tens, it's like, look, it's a four-day golf tournament. Every round counts the same. I get, you know, he wasn't hitting, you know, playing some of these shots under the Sunday pressure that he would have been if he was in the top ten going into it. But it's still, like, that's not a, it, it shouldn't be, like, People look at like backdoor top tens as, as if they have an asterisk on it. They don't really count. It's like, right? No, yeah. it takes four rounds. You know? Yeah. I mean, like you said, he's not played a different tee on Sunday than the leaders. I mean, it's the same golf course. It's just right. I mean, he's he's and he was annoyed, and he mentioned it that he was annoyed about those because he wanted to be in contention. But yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, Keegan Bradley and Jason Day and those guys kind of backdoor top tens here. But let me tell you, they'll take them. You know, it's it's yeah. more money and it's it's a better finish and they. And they and they they played a, a great round on Sunday at a U.S. Open that they can look back on if they're ever in that contention or something. So yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, it, I, I okay. Like the speed stuff. Like I, I I think the Kucher argument is almost like now the speed argument where he keeps mm-hmm. finishing top ten and and he's not winning. And like you know, I, I think there's a level of this. There's a level of it where I agree with with one side of you guys because I think that um top, I, I I agree with you in the sense the top tens and top fives and top threes need more attention than they get, you know, because only one guy wins that week. There could be 10, 20, 30 guys that play well, if you really think about it. But, you know, I mean, like if I qualified for the U.S. Open, if I shot 72, 73 and made the cut and shot 75, 75 on the weekend and I finished 29th, that would be an enormous week and I would have played incredible golf, you know. But, I mean, my golf game doesn't allow me to go out there and shoot 65, 65 at a U.S. Open. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So, you know, in a sense, if Ricky Fowler's not playing his best golf one week and finishes ninth with kind of like a B or C game, like, yeah, it, it matters. But, you know, to, to the other side of the point, you you do need to eventually win, I think. Yeah. You know, no I, I think that if I think if, if finishing tied for eight three weeks in a row, you've got to be happy with the way you're playing. But, you know, you're you're going to start getting frustrated with because you, there's an idea of what am I doing wrong to not finish third or second or what am I doing to finish second and not win these things. And to me, that's so, like, you know, when Kucher's throwing all those away, to me, that mattered to him. You know, that that's an important thing to him because he's getting where he wants to get every week and can't close it out. And, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to get past if you start getting those kind of doubt stuff in your mind. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's it kind of goes both ways. But, I mean, you know, it's top tens need to get more credit. And, and, and when guys like – when people blast Tiger for finishing, like, fourth at the U.S. Open, it drives me absolutely <laughs> insane. And everybody does it. You're like, yep. oh, man, he played trash. He finished third. And you're like, third of the U.S. Open. Like, that's like so, that, that's like the, a crazy thing to do. I mean, he does yeah. it all the time. And if he's win, it's, it's, it's like we need to, you know, beat him up or something. Yeah, Tiger fails to come through again. But no, no, I agree. If, you, if Fowler goes his whole career with one win, that is going to be a huge question mark. I'm not saying that he doesn't have to win tournaments. I think just that he's like, what, 24 or 25 now? Like, the fact that he's his only one win gets highlighted, I just think is kind of ridiculous. Like, there's not that many guys that have won multiple tournaments at, at his age. I mean, but I get right. the fact that you know he's he's in the limelight a lot, and people and you know people can argue whether or not he deserves to be based on the merits of his accomplishments, which I get that. But I I just think the guy, you know, he has the flashy clothes and he gets a lot of attention for that. But he does he's not really that kind of person. I I love his overall class. He gets it. He's a true professional. Uh, our guy, Kyle Porter, wrote a great article about how what it was like to play golf during a pro-am. And for him to really understand that and not like not be like this cocky and really truly flashy guy, I, I, I just think that, uh, I don't 
hype that he's gotten for you know because of the flashy clothes doesn't really match his personality. And I think that um, uh, he's just a guy that we should be supporting more than uh, more than tearing down. I'm not saying between me and you. I just feel like the media in general can kind of uh, they want too much out of him right now for for what he is. I love the swing changes and the results have shown great so far this year. I think. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, yeah. And if he keeps doing this, he's going to win. So yeah, it'll happen. But. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it brings up one of my favorite, like, kind of arguments or points is, is, is it better to be Ricky Fowler, you know, a flashy guy that, that, that you know, is, 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 you know, on every poster board if he's playing in a tournament um, and obviously going to get money from sponsors and stuff because of that? Or is it better to be, you know, somebody like Boo Weekly or, you know, somebody even lesser, you know, who has been on tour for 15 or 20 years and nobody really knows who they are and they can kind of still go to dinner and not get, you know, yeah. bombarded? I mean, which if it's better... And, I mean, you know, you can really take it either way. And, I mean, I talk about this a lot. I mean, is it better to be a role player or be LeBron? Because, you know, a role player, you can pretty much, you know, live a life like a normal person. Yep. I'll tell you the answer to that question. It's, 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 you want to be Scott for Plank. That's who you want to be. Yeah. He's, he's I agree. 20th, 20th all time, all time in PGA Tour earnings. And he can go anywhere he wants to. Absolutely anywhere he wants nobody to. Would, nobody would, nobody, like, he would he would go to a restaurant and like legit nobody might know who he is like no, like like legitimately like not one person in there would be like oh man that's who's that Scott for Plank and nobody's ever said that before ever in Scott for Plank's life right like, no oh that's Scott for Plank over there you see him like I don't think anybody's been that excited I mean no offense to Scott for Plank just you know it'd be I mean it's just how it is I mean it's, I mean I'm sure every you know, Fowler gets to every single place he goes yep yep. Um. So I guess sliding on one of the topics you did mention also, um, first of all, I thought there was way – it was going to happen regardless, but there was too much attention on Phil going into the U.S. Open. I personally did not think he had a chance. Uh, we had discussed picking him in our column. We decided against it. We subbed him out for Jason Day at the last second just because there was no signs there to make you think he was going to contend at this tournament. But the putting no thing, top, no, t- no, t- no top tens. I mean, he had no top no. ten this year. I mean, no, like, you're right. I mean, how can, how can you think he's just going to click it at the U.S. Open? I mean, he's done it before, but it's always been like, like he won that Masters one year and he wasn't playing very well. But yep. he like was finishing fifth. You know, like yeah. he was like shooting 66 like a couple times a tournament. You know, now he's like not playing well at all in the least, and he comes into the U.S. Open like, I mean, he's not. He, he can't make anything. I mean, I put his putting stroke in my like losers column today. Like you're you're gonna win a U.S. Open, and you can't you don't have confidence to make a five footer, and you're changing putting strokes mid tournament. Like, but you're not gonna win. I mean, I, I think he also didn't think so. Like, do you think no. he went in really thinking he was gonna win that? No, there's no way. I mean, you can't. He had to be looking at his last results and not really actually. I, he he finished I think 12 shots back at Pinehurst in 2005. Like people acting like this was like a dream setup for him. I didn't understand that really at all. We can't I mean, talk. You need to, we're going to have to edit that out. You cannot talk about the 2005 U.S. Open and Pinehurst. Oh, that's right. I don't know. That's you right. Kind of, that's the, right. Yeah, you, that didn't happen. That there's, didn't there's happen. Ne- it was never a 2005. Michael, there's not a Michael Campbell. There's probably no. Michael Campbell. I just we don't know him. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, you just need to – we just delete this part out because there's, you we cannot <laughs> talk about the 05 one. <laughs> that's what we actually – we. <laughs> We it was it's easy to forget how good Michael Campbell was back then. I mean, he he completely just disappeared after winning the U.S. Open. But uh, yeah, you're right. We was he that to, good? You're just are you are you just trying to be nice? I don't know if he was that. I, that's I mean, not what, our what, style. He, just to try to be nice. But 
I actually did. Look no, this up. I know, but I mean, I'm, I'm a little. I'm I'm actually looking up his stats right now because you're talking about him, like he's the second coming. All right, so he was he at one point one, ranked ranked in the top twenty in the world. Like, for, all right, so okay. I mean, I I'm, not, I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm not saying he wasn't good. I'm just. Right. I don't know if I would be like he was great. He won the 05 U.S. Open. He won. Seven other Euro Tour events. He won the World Match Play. That's pretty good. Yeah. Same year he won the Open. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, you know, he's won eight times worldwide in a couple of weird tournaments. I mean, he won the Johnny Walker Classic and some. Yeah, I mean, okay, fine, I'll agree yeah. with you. He was a very <laughs> adequate golfer as a professional who won a major. That's he finished tied her fifth at the Open and tied for sixth at the PGA after winning that, and then never had another major top ten. That's wow. crazy. I mean, he literally must have forgot what he – I mean, that's – man, that's a bummer. That's the that, worst thing to be as a pro golf that just completely loses it when you're like 35. Yeah, going off into the wilderness. But, no, I mean, from 2000 to 2005, he was in the top 100. He, he wasn't Sean McKeel, was my point. But, I mean, was he did, like, just steal that U.S. Open. Anybody but him would have been a better story and uh, – uh, uh, yeah, it was fine. New Zealand, I mean, it's cool. I mean, it was fun. I, I, I didn't mind it when he won. I mean, I – I know that a lot of people acted like it never happened, but, you know, he beat Tiger. I mean, that's the coolest thing to say in this generation is you won a tournament and beat Tiger. I mean, he gets to say it, like we said, Y. Yang. Um, what's his name? What was the guy? Uh, Rich Beam. And Tiger Rich. made Tiger birdie his last four holes. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's insane to think that Rich Beam held off Tiger Woods to birdie his final four holes at a PGA Championship and didn't win. Like, Rich Beam should get, like, a million bucks a year from Tiger something. I mean, that's just so <laughs> nuts that that happens. Well, I mean, well, you got a discount, though, because you know that Tiger would never come from behind in a major. So uh, put an asterisk on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. That one's out. Five percent out. Um, all right. You also floated this questionnaire. Getting away from PGA Tour golf, and uh, we've been running on close to an hour here, so won't take up much more of your time, but. Music on the course, good or bad? Okay, did, did you ask your guys what they they think? I kind of wanted, like, multiple answers here. What do you think? Well, as someone all right, so I grew up playing – I played competitive golf as a kid and through high school. So I I I, I still take golf pretty seriously when I play. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely drink a beer, several beers. Oh, you're, uh, you're one of those. Oh man, I will. It, so you, so you still, you still, you still think, or you, you still think you're going to make it? You still think you're going to click one day? I want to know. Um, I, I am, I, I am as, I'm as good right now as I ever will be with my current like swing and game. I don't think I'll ever. I, I hit the ball well. I can't putt. I mean, I, I should never have criticized Phil's swing because I can't make a putt to save my life. <laughs> I, I, you're not going to make those five footers either. No, no. I mean, um, the king of the three putt par. I mean, it's it's incredible how I can't make a putt. But uh, no, I don't. I have no hope to really make it. Uh, if I choose to, like, I don't have that many friends that are really that are good at golf that make it like competitive. I have a lot of friends that I can go out and drink beers with and play with. But I only have really right. one friend that I grew up with. Where we, when we go play, we're not drinking beer. I'll give them suicide, and we'll we'll go we'll grind it out, and it's really competitive. A lot of my friends aren't okay. really that competitive. That's the most fun for me. I love to play a good, hard-nosed, competitive event, but I don't have a lot of friends that are that really, really that competitive, you know. So I, I think I'm yeah, no I mean, answer here, but go ahead. 
Well, I mean, I listen to music on. I mean, every round of golf I play now. Actually, I, I did get I did get told last year during a match to turn it off, but I got me triple on the first hole though, so I I, I obliged. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. It, it's just funny to me. I mean, there's I feel like this is like a very split thing. Like people either kind of have your view where it's like a serious, still kind of like a serious, like you know, quiet time to be out there and like you know, band you around. And there's people like the men's club I play in where it's like. You well, you don't have a speaker in your golf cart. What are you poor? Like, what's wrong with you? So it's just like it's it's funny because I feel like everybody I know now, like out out in Phoenix especially. I mean, you know, we're always kind of jamming out, and I mean, I have like a couple of speakers that I'll bring, and I won't bring both. I'm saying I have a couple options. I don't want to bring mm-hmm. two speakers. It's not like I'm out there like bumping. bumping yeah, there's your subwoofer, subwoofer on your cart. <laughs> Is that still a thing? Do people still do that? I'm old now. I don't really understand that. <laughs> That's still a thing that, that, that young kids do in their car, rock or rock or Fosigate or whatever it's called. Um, no, it, it, it's funny because, like, I, I really do see people that, like, on the golf course that will look at us and be annoyed. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I'm I'm just, you know, I'm like I'm not, I'm really not, I'm not, A, I'm not playing anything inappropriate. I mean, I, I play chill stuff because, I mean, golf's supposed to be chill. But, yeah, um, yeah, people get really mad. They really don't like it. It's funny. It's it's different. Like, I, I, don't, I can't say I've ever – played around a golf where I've just had music playing the whole time. But like if you did it on the first tee and it went all the way through the round, like that wouldn't really bother me. But I feel like all right, let's say you have your cart up next to me hitting a shot and then the next one you're fifty yards away and I can just like kinda hear the music, that may be distracting. You know what I mean? If that volume's different every time I'm hitting, I don't know. I'm kinda weird mentally like that, but uh you can yeah, and you, if you're if I'm really far away you then you can't I mean you would be able to dance to it. Or sing along, you know. I mean, if you can't hear, that'd be a huge bummer too. But yeah, um, yeah, it's it's you know, it's kind of our way to do stuff. And, and and I mean, I my one of my rules. This is a great music rule. If anybody's still listening, um, <laughs> great music rule is let the passenger pick the like the Pandora station or whatever, and then yep. they can pick the band, and then you guys can can listen to whatever that you know. Like I'd let you pick whoever you want to play, and you know, we'll play them the whole round, and it'd be pretty fun and. You know, before you know it, you might actually go buy a speaker. So there yeah, you go. I got. I, I used to work for the. Spe- I used to work for a speaker company. <laughs> how did I, how did you get started doing that though? I mean, you grew up playing competitive golf. So I mean, for, what's your uh, I mean, I, you got to be a plus, right? I, I'm, I'm. It's shrinking. I just. I just got the email. I'm a plus. Oh, I'm a plus point six now. Okay. And like last year, about this time, I was like, I, I played really. Well. I had a really good year last year, but. Last year, this time, at one point, I was like a plus five, and I was like, "Well, this is getting really silly," and it's just dwindled back down to reality. Like the last eight months, you're like, "Oh, there you go, there it is." Uh, it, I guess, yeah. How did, so, how did you get started listening to music while playing golf? You didn't grow up doing that. You weren't playing competitive events. Well, I mean, it, it was, you know, I, I was trying to think. I, it was just one of those. I mean, I like listening to music when we do stuff, and and you know, like. I like bought a bike speaker, for, so when we go cruise around, you know, we have a speaker that we can listen to and stuff. So, uh, just like something like that, I think I just one day was like, why don't I bring this little Bluetooth speaker out on the golf course so we can listen to music in between, you know, waiting thirty minutes between shots, and then you know it just kind of became a staple. You know what else we bring? We bring a football too. Huh. If we know it's going to be slow, so if it's a you got to wait, we throw. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's you know if you play in a scramble, it's obviously going to be super slow, especially if your team's any good. And yeah, we bring a football and, and we'll we'll throw it. On the on the tees or whatever when we're waiting to tee off, and you know, let me tell you, it'll pass the time. You can play a five hour round; it feels like it's been like three and a half. Right. Well, our, our I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll lead to my next question as to what 
what to do while while waiting in a slow round of golf. But our fav- my favorite game I play with my buddy is when when you it's we call it hockey. It's pretty darn simple. There's two sets of tees within the same tee box, and you know I'm guarding the blue tees, he's guarding the white tees, and you are oh, playing that's hockey. A great idea. Oh, it's awesome. You play you're playing hockey. So with is the whole goal is the whole goal between the tees? Yes, the whole goal is between the tees. So you can play this at with you know it could be a ten yard difference, it could be a twenty five yard difference, but the rule can you is, like smoke it at them? Well, here's the rule. So you you have to play with your driver, and it, you can't score by the ball going over your opponent's driver. So if the ball is bouncing and the opponent has a driver on the ground and it goes over it, it's no goal. So you can only score by either beating him left or right or him just like whiffing on your ball. Okay, but if it's bouncing as it, as it crosses the crosses the uh, your opponent's driver, no goal. And what gets interesting, you're playing again. You're playing with your driver, and it's like try to try to deke him, and you have to try to get enough speed on it to get it by him, but without it bouncing, because so it doesn't count. And you could only defend. You can defend it with either side of your driver. So you can like stomp on the ball with your driver or whatever way you want to do it. Okay. Um, can, now, can you if you're on offense, do you get to like move up and stuff? Yeah, you can do. You, you can, can have to stay between yeah. the pipes. It's live. You can do whatever you want. You can All dribble right. it. It can, it, that brings the whole element of risking your driver getting getting dinged up by by your opponent coming out. That's right. Play. Yeah. So if you're playing with somebody, that's good when they good when they send him free. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when they're bringing old old. <laughs> yeah. When when you get to just use them, it's like this is this is going to be an easy game. But hey, that's I, okay. I'll try that now. I'm going to try the next time instead of the football and see how it goes because I feel like my friends will think that's fun. Yeah, it's good. It's good. You can keep it competitive too. I mean, we used to play. Po- you ever play poison back in the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that we got kind of bored of that, and we turned it into hockey, and it it makes it does make the time fly by pretty quickly. So, man, this is this is a brilliant idea. I'm I'm taking. I'm, if if anything I learned from this podcast is going to be this amazing game you can play when you're <laughs> waiting between well, golf shots and and tired of tired of sitting in your cart and staring in straight ahead. That's what I say. We need to. We're going to need to uh, to go with like the first take style and start disagreeing on something. Where we're way, we agree with each other. We agree with each other way too much to make a good, really interesting debate podcast. Sounds like so. Well, all right, man. I've taken up enough of your time. I can't can't thank you enough for coming on, man. This is a uh, this is a blast for us. anyone still listening. Um, this was uh, Shane Bacon on with us. You can follow him on Twitter at Shane Bacon. See if I can get this right again. He's the editor of Yahoo's Devil Ball Golf Blog. Uh, I think I'm too. There you go. On that that was perfect. That was perfect. So, there you go. Yeah, no, no problem. I appreciate it, man. And, and we'll do it again. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe at the end of the maybe right around Ryder Cup or something. Absolutely, man. Cool. Thanks. So, all right. Thanks a lot, Shane. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect 